Welcome to Anetta Drift, the story of a cursed knight bound by honor to defend her kingdom from the ancient evil that threatens it. My name is Vigil, and I'll be your guide to the unforgiving realm of Valerius as the knight Aveline fights to forge a new legend. Remember, friends, that to survive this perilous journey, you must move with purpose, guard your soul, and always beware the darkness. Foulon, Aveline cried. She thrust her sword in the dirt and knelt by the young warrior's side. The knight's hands trembled as she pushed her gloved palms hard against the wound in Foulon's abdomen, desperate to staunch the girl's bleeding. Unconscious and pale, the lancer exhaled small jets of ragged, ghostly breath that shimmered and then evaporated. The smell of copper filled the air. The knight tore a long strip from the girl's green cloak and wound the fabric tight around Foulon's mud-covered body. In seconds, the green was blotted with red. Aveline gasped, but would not relent, tearing another strip and winding it even more tightly. A frantic urgency gripped her heart, and memories of those she had failed years before bubbled to the surface of her embroiled mind. Please hold on. Please wake up, the knight pleaded though she knew the girl could not hear her. Aveline refused to let the first person she met after escaping the void die on her account. Without further thought, the knight sheathed her sword, gathered Falon's silver spear, and hoisted the girl onto her back. With a deep breath, she stood straight and searched the destroyed clearing for direction. Which way to go? Which way had she come? The impenetrable confusion of tree trunks offered Aveline no guidance. Get a hold of yourself, a confident voice barked from the tall grass at the edge of the clearing. There, a white-furred fox the height of a man stared at Aveline, nodding its sharp-featured face in her direction. Eyes the color of ocean peered at the night from beneath a furrowed, scarred brow. A chunk of one ear seemed to be missing. His long, bushy tail swished in the leaves at his feet. Do I know you? Aveline asked, her voice filled with exhausted skepticism. The creature seemed somehow familiar, as if they had met many years before, perhaps when she was but a child. Years in the void, sarcastic demons, and now a talking fox, the knight wondered for a moment if she had not in fact lost her sanity to the abyss, but her arms strained with the weight of Foulon and knew such thoughts were irrelevant. No time for gawking. The girl hasn't long. Be on your way through here straight as you can and be quick about it, the fox implored, sharp teeth framed by a perpetual grin. His gaze watched the frozen night where she stood in shock. The fox growled, his eyes bright with frustration. If you don't go now, she will die. Move with purpose, knight. The fox's words returned Aveline to reality 
and before she could consider the tangle of thoughts unraveling her mind, one foot strode forward, and then the other. Before long, she was running toward the white fox, sprinting with what speed her tired body would allow. As she approached the strange animal, Aveline locked eyes with the creature. Without a word, he nodded at her, and she at him. The fox watched Aveline go, but a flutter of wings and an ear-piercing screech drew his attention back to the mangled battleground. Perched atop the remnants of the toppled stone monolith at its center, an enormous black crow watched its smaller, vulpine counterpart with preternatural interest. The feathers coating its body shimmered with a mercurial, oily sheen that shifted like smoke in the light. Its eyes were empty and lightless, like the depths of a covered well. And to what do I owe the honor of this visit, Umbra? The fox growled between bare teeth. <laughs> That's no concern of yours, you oversized mutt, the crow replied. She released a series of short clucks that could be construed as laughter. The black bird peered at the fox, then nodded down at the dead elk between them. <laughs> Looking for your dinner? It's a pity about this one, don't you think? Those big antlers, so intimidating. Still, I wonder what will become of that girl with the sigil. Any chance she'll be consumed. I like her. The fox had heard enough. He sprinted toward Umbra, jaws snapping in anger. As she took wing and fled, a stray beam of dissolving sunshine illuminated a featherless hole in the wide sails of its wingspan. Another peal of squawked laughter filled the air. Always so serious. I'll be seeing you again soon, old friend. Don't worry. Ixigal awaits his prize. The fox barked after the bird as he watched her disappear like a shadow beyond the darkening skyline. His blue eyes flashed with fury, and the talon scars on his brow throbbed in pain. He thought of her words, of her question, and after a moment of consideration, fled into the woods to follow his accursed charge. Somewhere in the distance behind Aveline, a loud bark echoed on the mountain. She paused for a moment, wondering what had become of the fox, or if it were nothing more than a product of her imagination, before shaking her head and pushing forward. Embers of daylight glowed between the dark trunks of looming trees. The knight's empty stomach ached. It seemed the sigil could not save her from hunger. And though she felt on the verge of collapse herself, a grin lifted Aveline's lips when she felt the girl on her back shift. No matter how meager, any movement was a good sign. The knight had walked the forest for half an hour before stepping onto the ancient path beneath her feet, the unconscious Falon carried on a spear clenched between her arms. Aveline hoped she was walking in the right direction, toward the nearest village, or maybe the girl's home. When she stirred again, a low groan accompanied Falon's feeble movement. The knight looked back over her shoulder, and an ashen face, sullen with half-closed eyes, stared back. More accustomed to the terse exchange of commands, Aveline remembered Roland's friendly advice, and attempted her most amiable tone. Hello, Falon. Um, how are you? The knight was prepared for angry protest, but unexpected silence took her by surprise. 
When Fallon had fallen beside the evaporating corpse of their abyssal enemy, the knight had feared the worst. No amount of threats or pleas would wake the brave girl. Even now, Fallon offered no response. Not even the disgruntled sigh with which Eveline had become so familiar during their brief encounter. She cleared her throat and tried again. Are you alright? How do you feel? When you fell, I... Are we on the right path toward your home? Aveline asked. The litany of questions betrayed her uncertainty. Fowlon nodded. The knight kept walking. One, two, three slow steps passed without comment. Cold dirt crunched beneath Aveline's boots. Finally, the girl mumbled. What's left of it? Aveline was relieved. You know, I'm not a witch, Aveline said. When the girl spoke again, her voice was low and languid. I know. I know. Mother told me about the Blue Knight, Aveline. Worshipped you since you led your army up the mountain. Said they shouted your name from the walls. Fallon trailed off, seemingly caught up in a memory. Her voice was weak, but steady. Everyone thought you dead. Thought you a traitor. That you betrayed us for Ixiel. Your wound. Your youth. If you're not a witch, then how? Aveline sighed and considered her strange tale. The abyssal ramblings and incoherent madness of her devoured comrades filled her ears with torment. Red blood and black shadow filled the gloom-ridden void in her mind. The knight shuddered. It's a long story. One I'm not sure I'm ready to share. You all just have to trust me for the time being, I suppose. Fallon snorted by way of unsatisfied response. Aveline stared down the dark path ahead and said nothing. She thought about the years that had passed since last she walked in Valerius and rushed to change the topic. About Celine, Aveline whispered in quiet wonder, the memory of Fallon's rage fresh in her mind. Long story, Fallon pronounced. A hint of playful sarcasm crept into her harried voice as a sly smile spread across her face. She shifted back to escape the knight's grip, but a bolt of agony and a cry of pain immobilized the young warrior. A flock of startled sparrows burst from the nearby trees. Hurts more than I expected, she winced. Aveline stopped below the empty, creaking limbs. The knight's face warmed in embarrassment. She regretted having said anything. She adjusted her grip on the spear and rebalanced the weight of the small woman on her back. With your injuries, I doubt you can walk. At least not far. I'm sorry to have... Aveline began, trying to atone for her rudeness. The young warrior cut her off. Stop. If I pass beyond the veil, she'd never forgive me not sharing our tale with her hero. Fallon closed her tired eyes breathing shallow to avoid pressure on her battered ribs. The knight kept walking. It was more than a dozen plodding steps before Fallon spoke again. In the spring, I was a daughter. By fall, an orphan. My mother never said no to anyone. A guardian's responsible for the people 
she'd preach. When the wizard's darkness spread, she fought more bandits, more beasts than ever before. She built the walls stronger, trained the willing. She was fierce, and she taught me everything she knew, as her father had done for her. She said I'd pick up where they left off. Just never thought it'd be so soon. Fallon grew quiet for a time, as if lost in memory. A strange woman appeared at the gate, begging for sanctuary. Threw her life upon my mother's mercy. Claimed she knew things, useful things, a guardian could use in the fight. The witch got food and shelter, and for a time, things were better than they'd ever been. The bandits and beasts left us be. But one night, my mother's kindness was repaid with a blade. She survived long enough to protect me, but the witch disappeared. And then the beasts and the bandits returned, even more hungry than before. She died for nothing. If only I'd been... Stronger? Aveline interrupted. Each one of the young warrior's words were like daggers in her heart. She felt responsible, like she should say something chivalrous and noble to honor the young girl's loss. The knight thought of her own parents, of Monticulus and the Void. Aveline stopped walking to catch her breath. She looked over her shoulder and said, I'm sorry, Falon. To have raised such a formidable daughter, your mother must have been an excellent guardian. I would have been honored to swap war stories with Selene. Falon grinned, then wiped the water from her eyes. She used to say the same of you. Aveline walked on and Falon continued. The cowards she loved abandoned the guardianship. Thought the name Selene and Falon cursed. Marked by Ixiel or some nonsense. None would step forward to serve, so come veil or void, I took the job. And you've seen how that worked out. The girl tried to chuckle, but her pained breath caught in her throat. On her back, the knight could feel Falon shiver as the last light of day was consumed by the horizon. The pair stepped out of the desolate forest onto a stony precipice. Below them, the flat expanse of a plateau stretched between two tall mountains, dotted here and there with patches of dead grass and trees. On the edge of the plateau, a square of wind-worn stone walls and a small grey village had been carved out of the mountainside. The wall corner closest to the night appeared destroyed, the rubble fresh and dusty. A handful of ragged farms were home to goats, pigs, and what hardy crops could survive this difficult environment. Dozens of low structures filled the space inside the walls, and among them, dots of candlelight were igniting in response to the coming dark. Between chattering teeth, Falon muttered, Welcome to Stonefall. As Aveline looked at the place beneath them, tiny flecks of white began to fall. A blast of wind tore across the plateau, pelting the wary travelers with flurrying snowflakes. The sunset's ephemeral aura vanished and night descended in earnest. The gray blanket of the overcast sky blocked out all starlight and covered the mountain in deepening darkness. Falon tapped on the knight's shoulder. Put me down. Won't be carried like a child among those here. Aveline dropped the girl to the ground. Falon landed with a small, muffled yelp. Doubled over with hands on her knees, 
She took a short breath and then stood as straight as possible, gripping her side tightly. On her back, the large silver shield glimmered, a snarling wolf's face faintly reflecting what little light penetrated the clouds. Aveline held out the silver spear, aware now of how much it meant to the girl. Your mother's? Faula nodded and bowed. Thank you, she said, and then took the beautiful weapon and propped herself up with it. The knight gawked in surprise at the girl's uncharacteristic gratitude, then smiled and stretched her arms overhead. The etched armor plates on her shoulders clattered. Aveline watched Faulon for a moment as the girl wavered on the breeze, then removed her warm blue cloak and wrapped it around her young savior. The blue knight had so few opportunities to look upon it herself, and now lamented the damage she saw. Another frigid gale blasted between the mountains. Aveline held the warrior's shoulders as she shivered beneath the blue fabric and explained with a nod, My mother's. Falon's pale cheeks blushed red, but she did not protest. Instead, she wrapped the cloak tighter around her small body. The knight grinned, and together, the pair started down the mountainside. Where is everyone? Aveline asked. She and Falon lingered before Stonefall's massive gates where they stood open and unguarded at the edge of the town. No sentries hailed them from atop the walls. No watchman asked their business. Beyond the hamlet, the mountain peak rose into the clouded night sky from which snowflakes fell with increasing size and speed. The knight put a hand to one of the towering doors and peered down the town's main avenue. Though the sun had set but a short time ago, the streets were empty and quiet. Apart from the faint glow of candles within each house's window, the place seemed completely devoid of life. Like a bolt of lightning, the memory of silent Monticulus struck Aveline without warning. Drops of sweat froze beneath her armor, as a chill spread out from her rigid spine. Visions of small obsidian monoliths in empty snow-covered streets played on her mind. On her hand, the sigil throbbed with a dull ache. Aveline? Falon asked, her face a blanched mask of concern. Aveline waved her hand as casually as she could manage. It's nothing. I'm sorry. Where is everyone? Frightened, I'd guess. They are cowards. Too scared since my battle. The thing wrecked the damn wall. Aveline looked down the wall to where it lay smashed and crumbling. A haze of dust was churned about the ruins by each new gust of wind. That demon, it was here? And you chased it off by yourself? Faulon smirked, as if her expression were explanation enough. The knight smirked in return. The pair walked on through the open gate, Faulon leaning on her spear, Aveline gripping her sword's hilt tight. Her knight's armor clattered on a slate-covered street, the metallic echoes ominous in the unusual quiet. After a time, Faulon pointed toward a small house at the end of the main street. Old and dark, it sat apart from the rest. No candles flickered in its window. My family's home, Falon whispered. With each passing moment, the young warrior's breath was shallower, her steps slower, her weight pressed a little harder against the spear's shaft. Aveline nodded, then ignoring the girl's protests, thread one arm around the lancer's injured torso to help her walk 
Slowly they made their way down the empty street toward the Guardian's home. But as they did, the ghoulish citizens of Stonefall poured from their houses and into the street. A collection of five grew to ten, then ten to twenty, each man and woman clad in the threadbare clothes of masons and farmers. Each bore a frown, their eyes dark with fury and discontent. Aveline ignored them and pressed on. Fowlon wavered in and out of consciousness. As Aveline stepped within a few paces of the Guardian's door, one of the grumbling men separated himself from the pack. A large man, he towered over the night as he strode up behind her. Deep lines scoured his face, and an ill-heeled scar scrabbled across his left temple. He had the look of a boulder given life. We don't want you here, he pronounced. Take your little friend and leave. Aveline assessed the crowd before her. More than two dozen of Stonefall's eldest shivered in the cold and snow. Knife edges gleamed amid the sallow light of their torches. I am the Knight Aveline of the Kingdom of Larius, daughter to Great Knight Roland, Aveline replied. She felt the weary tension of confrontation suffuse the scene. Your guardian needs a healer. She almost died protecting you and this place. Are there none here brave enough to help her? Knight Aveline, huh? That traitor's been dead for decades, and the kingdom can fall into the sea for all I care, the man grumbled. An aggravated chorus of approving shouts arose from behind the ringleader. More confident now, he took a menacing step toward Aveline. His eyes narrowed in threat. The knight gripped Durandal tight, and the man continued. Listen, girl. I don't really care who you are. We don't want you here. Same as her. You'll bring more ruin than your little friend, and she and her mother have already courted the wrath of Ixiel. The man raised a knife to point at Falon, where she leaned against her spear, her short breaths near invisible in the cold night air. Is this what's become of Valerius? Look at you, a crowd of frightened animals. And look at her, a young warrior on the verge of death. She stood for you. Her mother stood for you. I call for a healer. I call for aid. Who will step forth to help Guardian Falon? Aveline stared into the crowd, her battle-hardened gaze peering at each grimy face that turned away. The group's fervent objections dissipated to awkward silence. I will, said a quiet voice. A lanky, gaunt man of 18 or 19 years stumbled through the crowd to stand between the mob and the night. The young interloper pushed a mess of hair the color of sand from his eyes and gulped as he looked up at the gruff, knife-wielding ringleader, who for his part gaped in shock. Bell? You gotta be kidding. How many did we watch die because of her? How many did your father fail to save? We need to be rid of her. The taller man stepped toward him, ready to push Bell from his path. The young man's calm face lit up with a broad smile that stretched from ear to ear. He held out his arms in protest. And so we need to let more pass beyond the veil? You can't do this. I won't let you. You know as well as I this was not Fallon's fault, Garvin, Bell replied. A faint tremor of fear crept into his voice with each word, 
but still he would not move. It would have been but an afterthought for Garvin to dismiss the younger man. Look at this. Healer's boy finally decided to grow up, the mason chuckled. His quiet audience watched without comment. Bell continued to smile. Get out of my way, boy. Are you going to kill me too, Garvin? Good luck come winter when you fall ill, Bell replied, his smile still dauntless and bright. Maybe we should leave them be, Garvin. An older woman whispered from the crowd. A handful of deflated townsfolk muttered in reluctant agreement. Garvin glanced over his shoulder, a look of disbelief replacing his irate expression. Several more in the crowd nodded their disapproval, while some walked away, eager to escape the cold. In a moment, only a few supporters remained. Face red, veins bulging, Garvin looked down at Bell, and for a moment it seemed the giant may attack. Aveline steadied her breath, ready to intervene. This isn't the end of it, Bell, Garvin growled. The embarrassed man retreated from the street. Bell turned back to Aveline, releasing a captive breath as he did. His face-spanning smile evaporated into a distressed look born of terror. I can't believe I did that, he said aloud to himself, as he put a hand to his forehead and wiped a sheen of sweat from his brow. Aveline opened her mouth to speak, but before she could, the young man steadied himself with a deep breath and kneeled beside Falon. He gripped her wrist tight between thumb and pointer. When he looked up at Aveline, his eyes were worried, his voice laden with grim concern. Hurry, we must get her inside immediately. A Night Adrift is written, produced, and narrated by Devin McKernan. Music provided courtesy of Kai Engel, Chris Zabriskie, and special guest musician Christopher Postel, creator and host of the Sounds Like an Earful podcast. Check it out at www.soundslikeanearful.com. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Visit anightadrift.com to join Aveline's journey, follow us on social media, and be notified of new episodes, art, and stories. Thanks for listening.